Hello, thank you for this privilege of sharing the word with you on Senior Sunday. I was really looking forward to be with you all in person, to be on site. But as it turned out, I was back in Penang for my mother's 94th birthday. She has quite advanced dementia and her Parkinson's was also quite bad. And I haven't seen her for one year because of various COVID restrictions. But when the opportunity came for me to visit her, I, I took the chance and I was with her. And I was hoping to be back in time to be with you all. So we did cross her 94th birthday, but the very day after that, the Lord took her home. And so I had to extend my stay to attend to various uh, funeral and uh, legal concerns uh, that arises after someone passes away. And so I wasn't back in time and... I, I knew you all could have asked someone else to speak. So it still is a very special blessing to be allowed to speak to you on your senior Sunday. And perhaps quite appropriate too, uh, considering what happened. Like I said, my mom was uh, 94 and her dementia was quite advanced. But a couple of years ago, I met my uh, professor from Regent, Dr. Houston, the founding principal of Regent College, and at that time, I think he was uh, 94. And when we had lunch with him, we asked, Dr. Houston, we hear that you are writing four books, 94 years old, huh? And then he said, uh, no, I am writing five books. And in my mind, my goodness, uh, maybe some of these books would have to be finished in heaven or what. He's still around, he hasn't gone back to the Lord yet. But it illustrates the point that when we talk about seniors, uh, we cannot lump them all together. Different people will age differently. And like all ministries, including seniors ministry, we need to look at the individual, not just a category. But we need to talk about seniors. Because by uh, 2050, apparently, half of Singapore will be elderly. Half. And even right now, about 15% of the total population is above 65. That is a lot of people. And so if we are really to be God's church, we have to be prepared uh, even now. How do we minister to folks in the later years of their life? It's going to be totally irresponsible if it's just business as usual. Uh, where we are de facto actually caring for people of a certain age only, you know, children to uh, midlife perhaps, and we are not really sensitive, reaching out competently to people in the third, third of life, uh, 60 years onwards. So we need to visit this topic seriously, all the churches, and even, in fact, even society as a whole, because the numbers will be huge. So what does God expect of his church? What should we think of seniors? Well, we say, well, there are very clear teachings in the Bible. I will just uh, quote you one in Leviticus uh, chapter 19, verse 32. He says, stand up in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. I'm the one who saved you from Egypt. Stand up in the presence of the aged, 
But the main principle here is show respect for the elderly and revere your God. Now, it's very clear here that God links the two things. Respect for elderly, revere for God is linked together. In other words, if you really revere God, one of the things that you will do is you respect the elderly. And that means if you don't respect the elderly, it also means you are not really revering God. It is as serious as that. And say, well, honouring the elderly, what does it mean? To honour is to give weight, is to give importance. And one way I check whether you really are honouring anybody is to see your resources, your time, your budget, how much of that is allocated to someone or some demographic. That tells me, no matter what you say or what, that is the real weight you give to this individual or this group. So it's not enough to have nice slogans, uh, caring for the elderly or that. Let, let, me, let, me, let me check your budget, uh, your programs, and how much are really allocated to serious ministry for our seniors. And that, that is the thing. Now you may say this is, hey, as Christians we know all this, lah, hello. but we live in a world, we live in a world that glorifies three things, productivity, intelligence, and independence. The people we applaud are people who can do a lot, productive. They are smart, they can come up with new ideas, they're very creative, and they're independent. They, they don't really need you, but they can bless you, but you, they, they don't need things from you. Productivity, intelligence, and independence. But as folks grow older, these are the three things that they may begin to lose. Uh, they will be less productive, or a time may come, like my mom with her advanced dementia, not, not productive at all. And not their intelligence, their thinking apparatus is now compromised because of their dementia, and they need constant care. My mom was in a home for dementia patients, which provided 24-7 care. So she wasn't independent at all. She needed care 24-7. But if our society puts a high premium on productivity, intelligence, and independence, then by defect, by, de- by, by de facto, then our seniors would be deemed less important. We may not say this, but if you connect the dots, that's what it means. But for us, we take a very different view of the value of people. We value all people, all ages, because people are made in the image of God. We are not defined by your productivity, intelligence, or your independence, but you are defined by the fact that you are made in God's image. Which is why the church must be very clear that we are different from other groups in the sense that we value all, from the child in the womb, to the homeless, to migrant workers, uh, to everyone. That is not a zero-sum game, uh, to those who are uh, normal, young, old. The point is everybody. Everybody is valuable because they are made in the image of God. And it includes the seniors as well. So let's reflect a bit on what it means uh, to honour seniors. Uh, one way is those who are 60 and above, you know, the so-called third, third of life. If life is you know, in 30-year chunks, uh, 1 to 30, 30 to 60, 60 to 90. Well, one way to check how we are actually caring for our seniors is to look at five areas of life. Some of you may have heard me preach on 1 Kings 19, where Elijah was going through a burnout experience. And I see that God ministered to him in five areas. 
physical, he was allowed to sleep and eat. Emotional, God allowed him to share his feelings. Spiritual, God spoke to him in a still small voice. Relational, God gave him new team members. And vocational, God gave him fresh assignments what to do. Physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, vocational. So let's look at how we are doing in caring for our seniors, indeed for all people, all age groups, but let's focus on seniors today in these five areas. Physical care. Now, one reality is that as folks get older, and I'm in my later 60s now, as people get older, of course, uh, their body begins to change. So they get backache, la, energy levels are different. La. The last time I could probably, you know, people will say last time are old people. Last time I could probably speak like three church camps in a row. Now I take one church camp, I need three months to recover. You know? the, 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 can't run away from the reality that the body is changing. And, and uh, in fact, you know, I now need uh, you know, multifocal lenses. Uh, but again, I need to say that it's not one size fits all. Even in the level of physical ability, uh, different individuals, different seniors will be different. But still, therefore, we need to take the time and trouble to find out how people are doing physically. What does it mean to exercise or have diet or have adequate sleep or adequate access to medical care at this chapter of life for each individual? And this takes a lot of time and but that's the point. Now. Do you revere God or not? Then you give people the time and engage where people are in terms of their physical health. How can we help them to be as physically as fit as they can be at this chapter of life? And like I said, individuals may need different things. So we have to take it really at a case-by-case basis. The second area is the area of emotional health, not just physical health. And I see that Elijah was very down and he felt he was all alone. Nobody else was faithful to God. And he told his story at least twice and God listened and God didn't correct him because of course there are many other people who still hadn't betrayed God. But he allowed Elijah to ventilate his feelings. And that helped, I think, to help him move to a place where he was emotionally more stable. I think emotional healing for seniors really has to be taken very seriously. Because as we grow older, we have more of life to look back on. So in fact, we are closer to the day of our death than the day of our birth. Long period of time to look back on. And, and we grapple with things like regret. Ah, yeah, you know, that, at that time, I should have done this. We grapple with anger. As we look back at how certain people betray you or hurt you, we're very angry. Or we grapple with guilt. We realize that we have done wrong. We have sinned. We have hurt people. So as we grow older, the weight of these things begin to get heavier because we have lived longer. Regrets, la, anger when we were hurt, la, uh, guilt at wrong things we have done. And how we need people to help us process these things. There's also uh, feelings of loneliness. As you get older, uh, more of your friends will pass away or you find it harder to travel to meet your friends. And some uh, are able to use social media, but not all have been able to come on board. And we cannot say everybody must come on board. No, we have to love people where they are. And apart from, of course, the emotional struggle of thinking about their, the death that will come one day. 
So one thing we can do in terms of giving emotional support is to be a good listener. Studies have shown that if you can narrate your story and someone takes you seriously to really listen to you, even by telling out your story, you, you find some degree of healing and, and, and uh, you, you, unifying your spirit. You, you feel more collected. So can we then have people who are willing to spend time with seniors and to encourage them to tell their stories and to listen? Because it does mean that you probably hear the story many times. Lah. I remember my father, every Chinese New Year, he would tell me the story of how he was crushed when, when, when the building was bombed during the uh, Japanese war. So he told you once, told you twice, and in the back of my mind, hey, you know, I've heard this story how many times? Uh, I can even tell the punchline better than him. Uh. Then after what an aha moment came. For young people, your life is ahead of you. But for seniors, your life is behind you. So when you tell the same story again and again, it's not so much that I, 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 I don't know that you've heard this before, but I'm telling you something that is important to me. And hence, uh, but for that to happen, I need someone to give me the gift of listening. So emotional uh, healing and wholeness for our seniors means we have to be lovingly, patiently listening. And they will sense after a while whether you really listen or, okay, uh, can you finish? Uh, not, uh, 10 minutes, I've got to go already. And they will not open up to you. But say, tell your story. I'm here to listen. Uh, I'm here to listen. But sometimes we may not have uh, the means to fix their problems, but I think we can at least give them the gift of listening. That is really very powerful and healing. Then so physical, emotional, spiritual. We need God at every phase of life and surely in the later chapters of life as well. And the usual disciplines of Bible study, prayer, community uh, would still be the usual things in where we encounter God. But then we must bear in mind that, let's say for the seniors, uh, reading Bible uh, could mean that they may now need large print. In fact, I have progressed to giant print already. Uh, we, we don't think of practical things like that. But are they, do they know, do they have access to the a Bible which fonts are, are, are helpful to them? Coming to prayer meeting, for many seniors now, traveling at night is, is very scary and difficult, and some don't travel at all. So if our only approach to communal meetings is to go somewhere, you know, to go to the church building, uh, are we surprised that some begin to drop off? So we need to think also of how to bring church to them. And indeed, let me say again, church is not a building. Church is a community. How do we bring church to them so that in the company of brothers and sisters, they can hear God speak through the word, they can pray together, they can we encourage how they can do quiet time at this chapter of life in ways that make sense to them. So, and there are books out there. There's a lot of teaching out there how we can do this for people in the later years of life. I don't think at this stage of life in the knowledge economy, the problem is that we don't know what to do. You know, there's a lot of information out there. But the thing is, are we sensitive and loving enough? And not to see the old as some kind of baggage and nuisance. I uh, must think of a special program for them. Eh? You know, th th this is not the voice of love. So this, this are, a family is a good way to think of church. These are my uncles, my aunties, my, my fathers, my mothers. And I love them and I want to see how I can walk with them to help them encounter Christ at this chapter of life. 
to uh, how do they how can they encounter God in the later years of life? Fourthly is relational health. Seniors can, as I said, be a very lonely phase of life. For one thing, some of your peers will pass away. Last year, one of my best friends who came from the same kampong in Penang, John, he passed away. He was my age. And of course, now when you meet up with your friends from school or what we uh, swap stories of who's still around or who has passed on. And so we, we find that uh, loneliness will be a real challenge, apart from the fact that it is often harder to travel to go and meet someone. And this COVID time, uh, it's very hard to go and meet someone. That's why my concern during the lockdown periods is that we try to protect people's physical health, you know, ask them to stay at home. But for many seniors, that daily morning kopi with their kawan in the corner kopitiam was the highlight of their day. It gave them this kind of a social and communal sustenance that keeps them going. In fact, one of my pastors said that in this COVID period, when a lot of meeting ups are not allowed, he went to visit uh, many of his senior members of his church and found that many of them in this one year had deteriorated quite poorly, not just in relational and emotional health, but even their physical health as well. And this shouldn't come as a surprise because there is a linkage between relational health and physical and emotional health. They're all intertwined. So loneliness, how do we help? Like I said, some are able to go on, on social media and, and that helps to some degree. And I have really come to appreciate uh, social media. Uh, I was kicking and screaming when they forced me to Zoom. And, uh, but then after a while, I realized there are some advantages uh, and it's really a useful tool. But I've also come to reappreciate the fact of being together in the same space with someone. Hence, I was so much looking forward to being with you all this Sunday. Old friends, new friends, I want to see how you guys are doing. And it's very frustrating for me now even to record this. I'm talking to a computer. I, I, I don't know how you guys, you, know, you like this sermon, you're falling asleep, I don't know. Even if you like or don't like, at least I have some kind of response. So I appreciate what Zoom and social media and other communication technology can do for us. But loneliness, I think, has been exacerbated in this COVID period, especially for some of us who find it harder to connect even before COVID, and COVID has even uh, made it worse. So have you done an audit of your church, uh, the different families, different groups? Uh, how many are actually grappling with loneliness and how can we reach out to them as best we can? And that surely will include uh, our seniors. And maybe since for those of us who are more elderly, our peers begin to pass away. All the more, and this is something else that I want to champion, is intergenerational relationships. How do we build communities where people of different ages can really uh, find meaningful connections, young and old? So I'm grateful for the many young in my life. I, I mentor a number of people in their 40s and 50s. And so that uh, is really very life-giving both ways. So how do we help meet the relational needs of all church members, but of the seniors as well? And here, I think many senior groups uh, do well. Uh, and they, they do have gatherings on a regular basis. But I think, and this is my fifth point, we also have to come to terms that it is not just uh, helping the, the, the seniors come together for line dancing, ukulele, during visits. Now, all these, to be frank, are very important. Huh? 
But again, different people would age differently. And finally, is what I call vocational health. That human beings are created for meaningful work. And for many of us, as we grow older, we will go beyond the stage of paid, paid occupations. You know, we have retired or whatever. But there is still that part of us that wants to make uh, our life meaningful. So I would challenge the churches, you know, help seniors to do what they can and not to make them feel bad about what they can't. So again, this is step by step. This person, well, you know, at 94, my professor is still writing books. Then just what they can do, then let them do. My mother had advanced dementia before she passed away. She really can't do anything at all, apart from being a focus to train me to love, to appreciate her. So case by case, some uh, can still do a lot, some can do a little bit, some maybe because of their health can't do much, and, but we will help them do what they can instead of assuming that, that all uh, seniors are now no longer able to actively contribute because this is, this is wrong and it squashes a key part of being human that we all need something meaningful to do. Adam and Eve were created to work the garden. So work is not a result of sin. It's part of being human. We need something meaningful to do, meaningful work. And if it's no longer a paid occupation, can we help in volunteer organizations? Can we help in church? Can we help do mentoring and training? Uh, there are lots of things that can be done if we have the right mindset that uh, my time is not yet over. You know? So I really don't like this pass the baton kind of metaphor. We hear this all, we've reached a stage where we must pass the baton to the younger people. And the trouble with this metaphor is you pass baton, uh, you already passed, uh, then you don't need to run anymore. A long time ago, I was part of a four by hundred team. Uh. So you run, 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 you pass the baton, then you chill already, you know, see how the other, other runners do. So it seems that passing the baton means you you nothing to do. You are no longer needed, which is very scary for people. And one reason why many people dare not give up their ministries or leadership positions is that they fear that once they give up, uh, then they have no value. Now, of course, our value is rooted in Christ. But I also want to say that we will always have work to do uh, until the day we go back home to the Lord. It's a matter of redefining our roles. Maybe when we reach a certain age, we should give up operational leadership. Chairman, senior pastor, we have to give that up. Uh, but we can now morph into other kinds of roles uh, like mentoring, praying, encouraging, training, helping people to know the history of the organization. There, there are many things you can do depending on, on your health and capacity. Like my, my, say my prof at 94 was writing books. And so you, you do what you can and not assume that you know, oh, now uh, seniors ministry is some kind of a nursery for old people. You know, rather... We want to meet the needs of each person where they are. Some may indeed, like I said, not be productive anymore and we need to love and care for them. Some can still do a lot and we want to encourage them to do just that. Because the work of God needs everybody, all hands on that. We need everyone of every age group sharing our skills, our talents, our knowledge together for God's work. So don't, don't pass baton, no? just uh, rearrange the roles of the different age groups, not, not passing baton, because this is not just be nice to old people, no? this is actually a biblical truth. Uh, you see people like uh, Caleb and all that serving till late in life. So it's, well, like I said, not all may be able to do so because of health reasons, 
But we want to help everybody be what they can be, you know, until the day God calls them home. So I, I think of my mom who was so active in church uh, then towards the later years, uh, that had to stop. Huh? But then now God calls her home. So don't assume that seniors no longer can contribute. But my word to seniors is you must also learn this need to change roles. Some organizations and churches are stuck because the senior leader, usually the founder sometimes, don't want to let go leadership. They still want to be the top organizational leader. Now that is a different issue. This kind of people, and hopefully, I hope I won't be so bad, will know that a time has come where we need to empower the younger generations, not pass the baton. Then I have to ask a lot for fresh vision. What are the roles I can play now? They always got work to do. And we have to find work suitable for people at different chapters of life. So these are the five areas of health we want to look at. For seniors, for everyone, but today we're talking about seniors, their physical health, their emotional health, their spiritual health, their relational health, and their vocational health. And so they, we need friends, uh, we need clarity of what we can still do, uh, we need to still be walking close to God, we need to process emotions, we need to be physically as strong as we can be. So I ask you as a church, how are we doing in these five areas for your seniors? And for the seniors, are you cooperating with this? Just because we are senior don't mean we are nice people, grumpy, unhappy, refuse to cooperate. Sin will strike us at every chapter of life. So it's not that the senior citizens suddenly become very angelic. So uh, we have to find how to help. So as a church, to what degree can we really honor our elders, which was the command? And that, remember, was a sign that we revered God. If you revere God, you've got to take care of your seniors. If you don't take care of your seniors, you don't really take God seriously. But my last word is that when we do this well, and we take care of our seniors well, it also has evangelistic implications. Because it's not just the church where people are growing older, it's society as well. So if the society can see a community that knows how to take care of their seniors, they might be intrigued to find out more. So, oh, you all really take seniors seriously. Huh? You really love your seniors. Huh? Can you show us how and why you do this? Huh? Then at some point, we tell them about Jesus Christ. So I, I think it's not just for us, which it is, but it also has implications how we present the heart of God to a watching world. Because these large numbers of seniors, it's not just church, it's everybody out there. And, and how do we do this? How do we show God's heart we show it by how we take care of our own seniors. So my dear friends, I know this is uh, not an easy challenge. I don't imply that at all. But at the very least, we should be aware of what, what God wants us to do and ask God for wisdom. And indeed, there's a lot of expertise out there, doctors, psychologists, um, theologians, whatever. There are a lot of expertise out there to learn how we can do better at honoring our elders as an expression of our reverence for God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for times like this, where in our busyness we can pause to reflect on things that we may normally not think about. And I thank you, Lord, even for the COVID, which has caused so much hardship. But it's also a time to reboot, to rethink of what it means to follow you. And for today, we want to reflect 
on what it means to care for our seniors and how we honour them, how we give weight to them, how we treat them seriously because they are made in God's image and because you have told us very clearly that if we truly love you, we must love our seniors as well. So Lord, it's not a matter of feeling guilty or bad or what, but it's a matter of committing ourselves to be better, to walk this journey better, of caring for all age groups in our church. And maybe the age group that might be the one that is sometimes most ignored, our seniors. So give us wisdom how we can do better, how we can better honour our seniors. For I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.